Welcome to Mount Olive First Pentecostal Holiness Church. Thank you for connecting with us. In just a moment, Pastor Jeff will be sharing an uplifting and encouraging message that we pray will inspire you in your walk with God. Our desire at MOFPHC is for you and your family to find hope in Jesus Christ so that He will transform your life. Thanks again for connecting with us. Please contact us if we can help you discover God's purpose for your life. Enjoy the message. Continue with uh, this series I've been sharing with you over the last few weeks called It's Time to Pray. It's Time to Pray. And I believe, I truly believe this with all my heart because of some things that the Lord has been speaking to me and because of some different places that I've been involved in through some prayer initiatives that are going on uh, across our, our state and, and here locally in different churches, I truly believe today that God has an urgent message for His church in these last days. And I believe the urgent message that God has for His church in these last days, it's time for us to pray. It's time for us to pray. And we have to be receptive to that message that God is speaking to us. And I've been so encouraged. I really have. I've been encouraged and motivated uh, by this church in the way that you've been praying and seeking the face of God. I've heard so many of you at different times share with me or just seen testimony where you have sought after the Lord and you have put your problems into God's hands and you've moved into a place of intimacy with Him in prayer. And because of that, you've sensed God working and moving in your life. And I'm telling you, as your pastor, that fills my tank. Hallelujah. And just to know that God is speaking to you and you're receiving from God what He has for your life is so encouraging to me, especially especially in the day that we live in right now. As we move forward into this new year and we go through some unusual times, and I know there are unusual times, but to me, there are also exciting times. This is a time that God is moving. This is a time that God is working. And I want to be right in the middle of it. And that's going to happen as we connect with him in prayer so we know his heart, where he's going, what he's doing, so we can be involved in God's work here in these last days. Prayer, prayer is vital in our walk with God. If you want to grow spiritually, and I want you to grow spiritually, I want to grow spiritually, prayer is vital if you're going to grow. And we must be a church, please hear me on this, We must be a church that's convinced that there's power in prayer. We must be a church that believes there's power in prayer. And we must be a church that not only is convinced and believes that, but we also need to be a church that engages in the power of prayer. No matter where we are, we're always engaged in the power of prayer. Now for the last couple of weeks, with the Lord's help, I've been sharing with you about prayer and I've shared with you the definition of what prayer really is. What is prayer? What is prayer? A lot of definitions, a lot of people say different things. But here's basically what prayer is. Prayer is is a direct channel for us, God's people. It's a direct channel for us to be able to connect with the presence and the promises and the power of Almighty God. That is prayer. That's a direct channel for us as God's people to connect to the, the presence, the promises, and the power of Almighty God. That, my friend, is prayer. 
And this church here at Mount Olive First PH, we're focused on prayer because we've already learned that without prayer, what? We're nothing. Without prayer, we're powerless. Without prayer, we're going to wither up spiritually and we're going to die. We've already learned that. Over the last few weeks, we've been reminded by the Lord that we need to pray powerful prayers. We need to pray powerful prayers. And how do we pray powerful prayers? We learned this just a few weeks ago. The way that we uh, pray powerful prayers is found in John 15, verse 7. We have to what? Abide in who? Abide in Christ. Not abide in a building, not abide in a program, not abide in a system, not abide in a government, but we abide in Christ. And when we abide in Christ, connected to Him, the power source for everything, the Holy Spirit, His Holy Spirit, that's when we pray powerful prayers. And last Sunday, the Lord reminded us that we pray powerful prayers, but we also pray persistent prayers, persistent prayers. And I gave you the definition of what persistent prayer is. Persistent prayer is a, it's a steadfast pursuit after God with a determined faith, even in the face of serious opposition. That is persistent prayer. That you're going to pursue after God with a determined faith. Nothing can cause you to waver. Nothing can cause you to give up. Even in the face of serious opposition. And friend, you better wake up. Because if you decide that you want to pray powerful prayers and persistent prayers, there's going to be some opposition. The devil's going to fight you. Your flesh is going to fight you. There's all kinds of things that are going to war against you to keep you from praying powerful prayers. And Jesus reminded us in that passage in Luke 18 that I shared with you last Sunday that persistent prayer is going to require faith and it's going to require some fight in your life. Faith and fight. The Christian life is not made for the wimp. It's made for the courageous, those that are standing strong, ready to have faith and ready to fight. That's why Jesus said in that passage I shared with you last week, he says, never give up on prayer. Never give up on prayer. He says, press on, press on through the disappointment, press on through the discouragement, press on through the delays that come with a vibrant prayer life because those things are going to come. But Jesus says, never give up on prayer, never give up on prayer. And today, that was a quick review. Today, I want us to look what the Lord's laid on my heart for several different reasons this week personally and in just the way... (laughs) God was speaking through some circumstances in my own life and through some folks in this church. I feel like today the Lord wants us to talk about the promise of prayer. The promise of prayer. I want you to open up your Bibles to the book of Philippians. Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 through 7. Now if you don't have your Bible with you, maybe you got a device, open it up. I'll have it on the screen as well. Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 through 7. Philippians, this book... It's made up of four chapters. It's a very short letter Paul wrote. Your homework this week is to read the book of Philippians. You could start this afternoon and be done in an hour. And just meditate on that, on that letter, the Philippian letter, and let the Lord speak to you. It's a very powerful letter that Paul wrote. But here it is, Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 through 7. Paul speaking here, the Apostle Paul speaking to this church. He says, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. 
Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Father, thank you for your holy word that is alive and living. And I pray right now your word, which will never return void, would speak and encourage and bless and challenge all of us here today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. No doubt all of us here today can agree that we're living in some very anxious and stressful times. Amen. All of us are. And we're facing many challenges and problems that have many of us that are consumed with worry and consumed with fear. I know for me personally, I'm constantly talking to people and meeting with people in this church, in our community, and and they share with me these personal struggles and these personal battles and these personal challenges that they're facing in their life. And they're overwhelmed by worry and stress and anxiety. And, And listen to me, many people are dealing with a lot of issues There's people dealing with family issues and relationship issues and and work issues and and money issues and health issues. I've come to learn this. Everybody's got issues. You can just look to your neighbor and say, you know, you got some issues. Be careful, be careful. We all have issues and people are worried and stressed out for so many different reasons. It's just amazing what people are going through in their life. But here's the good news today. We're going we're to rediscover what the secret weapon is to overcoming worry and stress and anxiety. And if you hadn't guessed it yet, the secret weapon to overcoming worry and anxiety and stress and fear, the secret weapon is prayer. It's prayer. When we pray... When we pray, when we pray, we're connected to God. I I gave you that definition a while ago. We're connected to the presence, the promises, and the power of God. We're connected to Christ. And when we're connected to Him, He transforms us within. And He wants to transform your life today from a life of worry and stress and fear to a life of joy and peace. And the Word of God is going to show that to us today. How many of you want the joy and peace I'm ready to exchange some worry and fear and stress for some joy and peace in my life. Hallelujah. How about you? So just notice with me some very powerful truths that we can apply to our life today as we prepare a little bit later to pray. Verse 4 tells us to rejoice in the Lord always. And the very first point is, this is the command that Paul gives us for our life. The command for our lives is, is to have joy. That's a command. The command is for us, for our lives, to have joy. He says in verse 4, rejoice in the Lord always. And then he says, you know what? I'm going to say it again. Rejoice always in the Lord. So when you read this letter today, later on for homework, you're going to discover something very powerful about this letter. There's a theme that's woven between every chapter. And the theme is joy. The theme is joy. When you read this letter, you're going to see the Apostle Paul writing to this church in over 12 different times. You can count them later on and give me the exact number. But I know over 12 different times in this very short letter, 
Paul is encouraging these followers of Christ to have joy, to have joy, to rejoice, to rejoice, to have joy, to rejoice. And the reason, the reason that Paul is commanding these believers to rejoice is because of the difficult circumstances that they're going through in their life. They were going through some very rough and tough and hard times in their life. Like many of you that are gathered here today, many of you that are watching, they were going through some very difficult times, some rough times, some hard times. For one, their leader, their spiritual father, Paul, he's in prison. He's actually writing this letter here from a prison. So their leader... The one that they've encouraged, he's encouraged them and blessed them and led them closer to Christ because of his own walk. They're spiritual leaders in prison. And then to add to that, the Philippians themselves, they were being led astray right there in their own church because false teachers had crept in and they were more hungry for their own power than they were for the power of God to come in and change people's lives. And false teachers had crept in to the church there in Philippi, and not only were they being attacked on the inside and led astray, but on the outside they were being persecuted because of their faith in Jesus Christ. Man, they were just, they were having a hard time. Can you imagine that? They're, they're new Christians, they're walking with the Lord, and, and their leader is in prison. They're in church there, and there's people that have crept in and trying to take advantage of them and lead them astray from what they knew, that faith in Christ alone is, is what saved them. And then when they walked out of the church, they were being persecuted because of their faith in Jesus These followers, these followers of Christ were being attacked on the inside of the church and on the outside of the church. And they were overwhelmed. This church here was overwhelmed with worry, anxiety, and fear. You could say they were the first Pentecostal Holiness Church of worry. They were worried. They were worried. They were consumed with worry. They were overwhelmed with worry and anxiety and stress. And that's why Paul comes to them with this letter. And I want you to notice something with me here. I want you to notice something with me if you've not already picked up on it. These believers are going through some of the most challenging times and disappointing times in their life, going through some of the uh, darkest circumstances that they've ever experienced in their life. And here comes Paul commanding them to rejoice. I mean, they're, they're at the lowest. They're going through the darkest, most challenging times of their life. And here comes Paul and he's telling them to rejoice. I'm sure they were like, rejoice? What do you mean you want us to rejoice? How do you expect me to rejoice when every time I turn around, I'm being attacked by the enemy in my life? How do you expect me to rejoice when I'm dealing with all these troubles and problems in my life? How do you expect me to rejoice when my my world, my life has been flipped upside down by crisis? How do you expect me to rejoice when when my world has come crashing down? How do you expect me to rejoice, Paul, in these discouraging and dark times? Rejoice? Come on, Paul. You've lost touch with reality. We live in Realville. People are hurting. There's hardships. There's problems. There's troubles. We're about to lose it. And you're going to tell us to rejoice? And Paul says, I say it. Rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord. Rejoice in the Lord. Rejoice in the Lord. Paul says rejoice in the Lord. Don't rejoice in your hard times. Don't rejoice in your circumstances. Don't rejoice in your troubles or your trials. No, Paul says 
Rejoice in the Lord. And rejoice always. And this is what you got to get right here. If you're going to grow spiritually, listen to me. You, you have got to grasp this right here. And Paul's teaching these believers, and we need to receive it today in our life too, if we're going to move forward and grow and be on fire for God. Paul is reminding these followers of Christ that our joy is not based on our changing circumstances, but our joy is based on the one who never changes, and his name is Jesus. He never changes. Amen. Go ahead and say thank you, Jesus. Listen, make sure you get that. Paul is telling all of us today, That our joy will never come from our changing circumstances, but our joy can come from the only one who never changes, and that is the Lord Jesus Christ. And if you've come through these doors today or you're connected online some way and you think that joy is going to come from the circumstances in your life, then you know what? You're going to live most of your life disappointed and discouraged. You know why? Because our circumstances are always up and down, up and down. Every day our circumstances are changing, day by day. And if you're looking for joy in your circumstances, you know what? You're about to take a wild ride on an emotional roller coaster that's going to always be up and down, up and down. And that's why Paul says, don't rejoice in your circumstances. You rejoice in the Lord, the only one who never changes. Rejoice in who? Jesus The only one. Rejoice in the only one who never changes. Rejoice in the only one who can save you. Rejoice in the only one that was raised from the dead. Hallelujah. Rejoice in the only one that can heal you. Rejoice in the only one that can help you. Rejoice in the only one that can provide for you. Rejoice in the one that can protect you. Rejoice in the one that will never leave you. Rejoice in the one that will never fail you. Rejoice in the one that will lift you when you're at the bottom. Rejoice in the one that can strengthen you. Rejoice in the one that can sustain you. Rejoice in the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Rejoice in Him. Hallelujah. Here's the problem. The main reason we fail to rejoice in the Lord and we decide that we're going to walk in worry and stress is because we have this tendency, instead of rejoicing in the Lord always, we pick these other things that we decide that we're going to rejoice in. Like we pick, we'll rejoice in self always. Rejoice in self. I can do it. Well, how many of you know that we can't do it? Because self is selfish and self is weak and self is sinful. And guess what? Self will disappoint you and self will let you down. We rejoice sometimes not in the Lord, but we rejoice in other people. Other people will bring me joy. Well, guess what? Just like self, people will let you down. Even family and even friends at times can let you down. We rejoice in our dreams and our plans always. But how many of you know today that everything can change in a second and your dreams can be shattered and your plans can come crashing down? Come on, do you know what I'm talking about? We rejoice in our dreams and plans. We rejoice in in our money and toys always. But how many of you know, just like that right there, you can lose it all? One fire, one flood, one tornado, one hurricane, one loss of job, one health crisis. And guess what? It's all gone. It's all gone. 
And that's why Paul said, don't rejoice in self. Don't rejoice in other people. Don't rejoice in dreams and plans. Don't rejoice in your money and toys and material things. He says, no, rejoice in the Lord. Put your trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. Not in this dark world. Not in politicians. Not in the government. Not in our systems. Not in our own plans. But put your joy. Put your trust and joy in Jesus Christ. That's why Paul commands us to rejoice in the Lord always. And I pray, friend, that you would just look to Jesus, not to your circumstances, but look to Jesus and rejoice in Him for who He is and what He's done in your life. Here's the second thing I want you to notice. There's the cure for worry. The cure for worry is prayer. He says in verse 6, Paul says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. You see, Paul, he knew through his own personal battles in life that prayer was the cure for worry. Paul knew to be able to overcome worry and stress and anxiety and fear, we all had to run to Jesus in prayer. Friend, that's the answer. Prayer is the cure for worry. And that's why we find Paul here in the scriptures all throughout He's saying that you need to pray about everything. You need to pray at all times. You need to pray without ceasing. You need to pray in the Spirit. You know why he was encouraging people to pray? Because he knew prayer was the cure over worry, stress, and fear. What is worry? What is worry? Worry can just consume you and eat away at you. But you know what worry really is? Worry worry is us thinking that we're in control. That's really what worry is. Worry is us thinking that we're in control. Worry is us thinking that we have control over our circumstances in our life. Worry is thinking that we have to, uh, we have to fix the problems that we face in life. Worry is thinking that we are, we are the cure for our problems. And here's what happens. When, when we get to those places and we encounter those troubles and problems and we realize that we're not in control and we can't fix the situations and we can't fix the problems, guess what happens? We freak out. You know anybody that's freaked out lately? We freak out, we lose it, and then we find ourselves on the edge in life, consumed with worry. And that's why Paul is reminding us that prayer, prayer, prayer is the cure for worry. Prayer is saying, I'm not in control. Prayer is saying, I can't do it, Lord. Prayer is saying that I can't fix it. But here's what prayer is saying. Prayer is saying, but I know the God who can. Hallelujah. I know the God who can fix it. Prayer connects me to the God who is the God that can do all things. Prayer connects me to the God who says that with him nothing is too hard, that he can do all things. That's what prayer does for us. Prayer is connecting us to the one who hears us and who helps us in life. And every time we start to feel like worry is creeping in, and I listen I want you to know this. I'm not minimizing what worry can do in somebody's life. I know worry. I know anxiety. I know stress. I know they can creep into somebody's life and they can cripple people. That's the truth. The enemy will use it to cripple your life. But when you sense that, that, that temptation for you to be consumed with worry and stress and fear, that's the call from God to you telling you it's time to get somewhere and pray. Because the more you pray, the less you worry. The more you pray, the less you worry. So God help us to pray because there's the promise of prayer. And the promise of prayer is peace. 
is peace. Listen to what he says in verse 7. Just breaking this down. Paul says, And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. The peace of God. And I want everyone here today, ones that are watching, ones that are here on campus, I want every one of us to have the peace of God in our life. That's what I want for you. That's what I want for myself and my family. And you know what that peace is? That, that peace of God is just a supernatural calm and security that comes inside of you from the Lord during some shaky and unsecure times. And friend, that's what we're going through right now. But you can walk through those times and you can have a supernatural calm it's the peace of God. It's the peace of God. Paul said it is. He says it's the peace of God that guards your heart and it guards your mind. And what Paul is doing is he, he's using the imagery of, of military soldiers, the Roman soldiers who he, he saw very frequently in his life. And he's using this imagery here of the soldiers and he gives us a word picture. When you read that word guard, guard your heart and guard your mind. Paul is using a word picture of soldiers that are marching around guarding and protecting their camp. And he's telling us that's what the peace of God does. The peace of God is like that soldier marching around your heart and marching around your mind, keeping the enemy from invading you and consuming you and overwhelming you with worry and anxiety and fear. Hallelujah, that we have the peace of God guarding our hearts and guarding our minds. And we see this peace. We see this peace of God all throughout the scriptures guarding some people that were going through some very difficult and dark times. Think about David and Goliath. You remember the army of God? They were shaking in their boots because they didn't want to go face Goliath. They were afraid to fight the giant. But here comes a young shepherd boy and he says, where's he at? I'll take him down. How can a young shepherd boy stand there in the face of a giant when an army is running backwards? Because he's got the peace of God. The peace of God is guarding his heart and guarding his mind. How about Peter who's put in prison and he's asleep? Uh, and he's possibly going to be uh, murdered or, or the death penalty the next day. And he's there and he's asleep in the prison knowing that he could face death the very next day. How is the man sleeping right there knowing that he could die the next day? It's the peace of God guarding his heart and guarding his mind. Think about, think about different ones. Stephen, he's standing there and, and he's being stoned to death. He's being murdered right there as he's being stoned and being murdered. He begins to worship Jesus. How in the world can you worship Jesus while you're being murdered? He's got the peace of God guarding his heart and guarding his mind. Hallelujah. Think about Paul. Paul's on a ship and it's about to be shipwrecked. And the Bible says it looks like a hopeless situation. And Paul comes out of the belly of that boat and stands up on the top of it and gives them a word of God. How can a man stand so courageous and so calm when the boat's about to go down? Because he has the peace of God guarding his heart and guarding his mind. Aren't you thankful today that every follower of Christ can have the peace of God in those shaky times, in those uncertain times, in those times when you don't realize what? the world's going to happen, you can have the peace of God guarding your heart and guarding your mind. I say thank you Jesus for that peace. For that peace today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And that kind of peace is only possible through prayer. It's only possible through prayer. When the world says worry and when the world says panic and when the world says stress out and when the world says freak out, you can have a divine peace 
that will guard your heart and guard your mind. Listen, when trouble comes your way, and guess what? Jesus said, trouble is going to come your way. Hello? When troubles come your way, you can have the peace of God. When that unexpected doctor's report comes back, you can have the peace of God. When you have financial hardship in your home because of a loss of job or a layoff, you can have the peace of God. When you face the unknown future and you don't know what's going to happen to you and your family, you can still walk with the peace of God. The Bible says it's a peace that transcends all understanding. Unbelievers don't understand it. And we can't even comprehend it ourselves. It's a supernatural calm and security that comes to us. This past week, I'll tell you pretty much this testimony here is what I felt like the Lord was pushing me to this verse to share today with you out of Philippians. I counseled a man, a brother in Christ from our church this past week and he sat in my office And I'm not going to use any names and give a lot of details because I don't do that unless I have permission from them to do it. But I know this, this gentleman, this this man, him and his family are going through some of the toughest and roughest times in their life right now. Hardship after hardship. Sickness, separation, death. I could keep going on with the different things that they're going through right now. And he's having to uh, do a lot of things on his own right now because of the situation that he's involved in. And he's, he sat in my office and he sat there with tears coming down his eyes. And he said, when everything first started happening around us and in our family, the way things were going, all I could do for three days was cry and cry and cry. Because we were so overwhelmed and consumed with the worry and anxiety. And he says like on that third night, after crying and crying and crying, I finally cried out to God. And said, Lord, please, we need your help. We need peace. I don't know what's going to happen with my family. I don't know what's going to happen with everything around us. And he said right there where he was at, after crying out to the Lord. He said, these were his words. He says, I can't explain it. (laughs) I can't explain it. We can't, it's beyond understanding. He says, I can't explain it. But I had a peace come over me. And he said, it was a peace reminding me that everything's going to be okay. (laughs) Everything's going to be okay. Everything's going to be okay. And you know what? God is showing himself faithful and working in that man's life and in his family And I know everything's going to be okay, but it was a peace that came from God. And I'm here to tell you today, if you guys want to come and help me close this service down with some music, that Jesus is offering that same peace to you today. He's offering that same peace to you today. You may have walked through those doors today, and you're like the church in Philippi, and you are overwhelmed with worry, And stress and anxiety and even fear has creeped in. And you're wondering, what in the world are we going to do? And maybe you like this man, this grown, manly man. Maybe like him, all you've been able to do is cry and cry and cry. Because your world has been shaken. I'm here to tell you, friend. God will give you a peace. His peace that surpasses all understanding that will march around your heart and march around your mind 
and will keep the enemy from invading you with worry and fear and anxiety and stress. And you can keep walking. It may not be easy, but you'll be able to keep walking with your eyes on Christ Jesus, knowing that everything's going to be okay. (laughs) Aren't you thankful everything's going to be okay? Young man, everything's going to be okay. Young lady, everything's going to be okay. Mom and dad, everything's going to be okay. Whoever you are, friend, everything's going to be okay. I'd stand in front of the mirror sometimes and say, Jeff, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. You know why it's going to be okay? Because of what Jesus says right here in John 14, 27. He says, peace I leave with you. Peace, my peace I give you. Now, you know I like to dig into those words. Leave and give. You know what that really means? It means that that Jesus just wants to release that into your life right now. You don't have to try to earn it, work for it, uh, work it up. He wants to just release it into your life today. He wants to just release peace into your life today, into your situation. You know how I know that? Because as we close here, how many of y'all remember the story when Jesus and the disciples were on the boat and they encountered that storm? And while they're there in that storm, You remember what happened. Jesus stood up and he spoke to the wind and the waves and he said, what? Peace, be still. And the storm calmed. It calmed. He released his peace right there in front of those disciples. And it reminds me today and should remind all of us that Jesus is with us in our boat. Jesus is with you, friend. He's with you in your boat. He's with you in your house. He's with you in your school. He's with you in in that hospital. He's with you at the workplace. He's with you at wherever you are. He will never leave you nor forsake you. He's always with you. And He is the giver of peace. He wants to release it into your life today. It's an impartation that He wants to give to all of us, His people, His followers today, so that we can rejoice always and that we can walk around with a peace that surpasses all understanding. How many of you could use some peace in your life today? Come on, would you be honest? Maybe you know somebody that could use some peace today. I've talked to a bunch of people this week. They could use that supernatural calm in their life today. Maybe you've showed up today or you're watching and you've been battling worry and you've been battling uh, anxiety and maybe some things in your life right now have you stressed out. Don't look at nobody now, just some things. Have you stressed out? Situations that you're going through may have you stressed out. My encouragement to you is stop running. Stop running and then start connecting and abiding in Christ. And let Christ give you that peace that can only come from Him. He says, I leave it with you and I give it to you. A peace that can be yours today. Would you stand with me, please? Thank you, Jesus. I don't know what it is that you may be going through today, but I know I've obeyed the Lord. And if you're here and and you feel like you are like one of these believers in this story here, this account here in Philippi, and you've overcome with worry, here's my encouragement to you. Give your request to God. That's what Paul said. He says, present your request to God. Stop walking around with it. Stop holding it. Stop telling everybody else about it. Why don't you start telling God what you need? Share your request. If you study that word, it means to get very specific. What exactly do you need God to do in your life today? 
Do you need wisdom? Do you need guidance? Do you need protection? Do you need healing? What is it specifically do you need the Lord to do in your life? He says, present your request to God. Can we do that today? And just give it to God. Whatever it is, you give it to the Lord. Give Him your hurt. Give Him your, give him your challenges. Give Him your problems. Whatever it may be. Listen, it's time for you to exchange your problems for peace. It's time for you. This is what the Lord laid on my heart uh, last night late. Exchange your panic for peace. Hallelujah. Because God wants to release it into your life today. He says, cast all your cares upon me because I care for you. I want us to pray right now for peace to fill your hearts. And you just listen. Here's what I want you to do. We're going to receive from the Lord. He says he wants to release it, so we got to be ready to receive. And this right here is a good way just to demonstrate to the Lord that you're ready to receive. Can you just hold your hands out like this for the next few minutes? Come on. And let's make that our prayer. Say, Lord, I'm ready to receive your peace. Father, thank you that you are the giver of peace. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord, that we can rejoice in you, O God. Rejoice in you always, knowing, God, there's a peace that will guard our hearts and guard our minds. We will not be overcome and overwhelmed, Lord, by worry and anxiety and stress and fear. No, Lord, we belong to you. Hallelujah. We're your children, and we're here standing before you today, ready to receive that peace that can only come from you, Lord. Peace, Lord, peace. Release it right now. Release it into those that are gathered here on campus that are calling on your name right now. Release it to those that are watching online, Lord. They would exchange their problems today for your peace. They would exchange their panic for your peace. Hallelujah. Do it, Lord, right now. Lord, release it into the lives, into the hearts, into the spirits of your people today. Oh, God, do it for your glory. And Lord, you know every circumstance that we're going through. And Lord, I would never, Lord, try to try to play down or minimize anything that people are walking through in their life, Lord. Because I know what many of them are facing, God. And Lord, I just pray right now, Jesus, that you would just help them through, God. Help them through, Lord. Please help them not to be overcome, Lord, by stress. Help them not to be crippled by depression, Lord. Help them to have a hope today, a joy today, a peace today, a gentleness today, God. Knowing that you're right there with them, Lord. Knowing that you're helping them and and guiding them and leading them, Lord. And you will never forsake us, God. And Lord, we're so encouraged that no matter what we face and what we go through, God, we know it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay, Lord, because you're victorious and you're mighty and you're in control of all things. Not us, oh Lord. So Lord, we look to you, the one who never changes. The one who never changes. And that you would just sustain us, satisfy us, oh God, encourage us, lift us, that we can continue to walk, God, with a joy unspeakable. Hallelujah.